Super Yacht Radio. And welcome to the Devil's Advocates, um, your weekly show with Walter Schmidt and myself, Dave Dempsey. Walter, of course, in Zurich. Dave in lockdown Dublin. And today we have a... We, we are very, very lucky to have a, a, a guest with us, Peter Hertzler. Forgive me if I mispronounced that, Peter. Who, you did very well. Who's also joining us from Switzerland. And many people in the industry, of course, will know Peter from Ocean Independence. Peter, welcome to the show. Welcome to Super Yacht Radio again. We had the pleasure of speaking with you once before at Palmer Yacht Show, I think. That's correct. Um, good evening, Dave. Thank you very much for having me on the show. And uh, thank you, Walter, for ambushing me this morning about the idea of tonight. I'm, uh, I'm very pleased to be here and very curious to, uh, to hear how this develops. So, uh, so thanks for having me. And um, I'm yeah, looking forward to spending a bit under an hour or so together. Thank you very much for your appreciation. The same comes for me. And I'm 100% certain, and I know it already, there will be a great chat with a lot of value for the listeners. Peter, when, when, we met, when I met with you first, um, it was myself and Maeve, I believe it was at the Palmer Yacht Show. Um, I think so, yeah. I'm just thinking back to what a yacht show actually felt like. It seemed so long ago. I think I'm shedding a tear. But one of the things that, that we really, both of us really enjoyed speaking with you about was the, the very humble beginnings of uh, Ocean Independence. Um, and in my memory, correct me if I'm wrong, but I have this this memory of um, a table, a chair, an empty room, and Peter starting off on his career and building Ocean Independence. And, uh, yeah. which, which was a very inspiring story. And... Which brings us nicely, I think, into what we'd like to talk about today, which is, is this a good time to set up a new business in the yachting industry, in the super yacht world sphere? And um, this was a subject that uh, Walter was speaking with me earlier about. And what, Walter, what are your thoughts? Well, my thoughts are, based on what's going on in the economy in general, leads me also to the conclusion that it is pretty it is a pretty good time to start a business but of course you got to take attention on how you're going to do it what you have to be careful compared to before but because so many businesses are down there comes up so many opportunities in a different way that if you catch up now to start up a business that if you survive and if you do it correctly once this situation we are in is over you obviously have to have a very strong standpoint in the market because it's a proof of your ability to get started the business, to run a company, and also to perform. Hmm. And uh, which economy are you talking about? Uh, the reason I, I, I talk, <laughs> I'm talking about the, the, the yachting business because, you know, as you know as well, charter businesses what I hearing around as well is doing pretty well. And some part of the yachting industry in the sales also, that seems also that people are looking out for the opportunities to buy a yacht or to get away from the present moment on the countryside. And also it is a change within the technology that takes place from the fuel driven engines into more like the electric driven. There is a huge change going on. So that's why if you catch up right now in the yachting business, going into the direction with new ideas, with inventions, then you have a huge opportunity, also the possibility to, to get your business running up. And also there are investors around. Investors, they're looking for new opportunities, new options to, to actually spend their money, to put the money down, to have a return on investment, not for the short term, obviously, but for the middle and long-term run. And that's why I think it's a good chance right now in the yachting industry with new ideas, inventions to get started. What's your thoughts, Peter? 
Whew. You know, there's, there is a lot to say, but um, I think, first of all, one always has to uh, define what do we do we mean by yachting business. If I understand it correctly from Walter now, we are talking about brokerage in the wider sense. So we talk about charter sale and purchase, things like that. Is that is that the topic? Is that the, when we say starting new yachting business, is that the kind of yachting business or are we including surveyors, uh, shipyards, uh, you know, all sorts of suppliers to the to the chain? Very, very important suppliers or, or are we focusing on the on the charter and, and purchase well, I, element? I, I would think that the, the industry as a whole, and, and my reason for saying that is because it's a very symbiotic industry. Uh, you know, the, the super yachts are great. Build a super yacht, put it in the water, but um, that's not going to do any good unless it has the support behind it. And that's from the carpet cleaner to the provisioners um, to the engineer support to the marina sport so you know in in my mind um the the industry is very codependent on you know f from the, the the largest company shipbuilder down to the smallest service guy in a local marina um so i'm thinking you know pretty much the industry uh, as a whole well actually well, I, I don't know if you'd agree with that but that's my kind of thinking well, it, it, I see it as a whole, but of course you have to focus on what you want. You cannot do everything. If I want to start the business in the yachting as an example for the maintenance of yachts, I need to focus on existing yachts or those who will be built soon and then I can maintain, do the maintenance or the management. But nevertheless, it needs to have a different focus. So it, it will not work the way it used to work because things have changed so much, so dramatically. But that gives another opportunity to people who are creative and have the courage to do some things new. And that's that includes, of course, everybody else, because the yacht has to be built, it has to be sold, it has to be maintained, and it has to be managed. It concludes everything by the end. Okay, I think if we look at it from that perspective, my personal opinion is pretty clear. I think it is as good a time and as bad a time as it always is to start a company in yachting today. Because um, you rightly said, you know, there is nothing, the, the, the short term is not going to decide on whether this is going to be a failure. If you do something in yachting, whatever it is, any any of the services you just mentioned, it is, it is not about the timing now, uh, because it is not going to be the next six months, it's not going to be the next 12 months or the next 24 months who will decide whether you were a failure or not. It is a longer, it is a longer run than, uh, than just a sprint. So um, in that case, it makes no re really no difference at all from my perspective, whether you start it now or not. Um, as long, of course, as long as you have the right expectations, as long as your financing does, um, does allow you to actually, you know, have a horizon, which is two years, three years, four years, because you will need that. Um, in these conditions, but also in normal conditions. So at the end, you know, is it now a good time to start a yachting company? I would say, why not? Uh, because any time may be a good time to start a yachting company because it doesn't depend mm -hmm. on the time, it depends on you. Depends on the person who is starting a yachting company. Let's say we really, you know, we talk about starting something from scratch. So it's much more important, you know, who are you? Why do you want to do that? Why? What is your driver? And of course, how are you going to do it? And why should anybody take your service? And and this is not affected by today's time, in my personal opinion. But if you would, let's take the example of what Walter said, because that there I can definitely comment that wouldn't work. If you want to start a charter company now, when you know that within you know the next six months or so are going to be very much COVID-19 influenced with travel restrictions, all sorts of things. Um, when you look at the big, well, at any company in 2020 who did chartering, who had to dig deep in their pockets to pay back commissions that they already considered earned from early in the year or even maybe from 2019 due to cancellation and because they needed to maintain the client relationships. And we talk companies like Ocean Independence, hundreds of thousands of commission that you need to pay back if you start the charter company now knowing that for the next six seven eight months in fact you would be very wise not to use any of the income because you don't know how much you have to pay back so maybe a charter company today is starting with a different type of obstacle than let's say 
a, um, a surveyor's company uh, where there is quite a bit of work out there if you're the right person with the right competencies, etc., etc. So uh, in detail, yes, it does depend a little bit, but even a charter company you can start today. You just have to know what's going to happen to you in the next six to eight months, and, and therefore your horizon has to be different than, uh, than just the next 12 months, of course. What I like that you said is the why, why you start a business. And this as the driver, typically, there are a lot of people, they have perhaps in mind, well, I start the company and make money and I will be happy without having a really a strong why. Once it becomes difficult, and they are starting to struggle. They lose the driver, they lose the energy, and therefore they lose everything. And I think that's a big part nowadays within this difficult situation that you have to have this strong mentality or the strong mental health to survive and strive forward to to get going to your goals. Yeah, you know, I, I tell you my, what my concern is, and it's um, you know, if if we look at if we look at our market at the moment, we've spoken with Denison, we've spoken with um, uh, Raphael from Fraser's, we've spoken with several people in the industry. And they're all saying the same thing, that sales are through the roof. They've had a bumper uh, 2020. Um, charter inquiries are up. Um, order books are full. And from that perspective, it's it's been really fantastic. Where, where my concern? Look, look, can yeah. I can I interrupt you? I mean, this is called the devil's advocate, right? <laughs> so I think I have to I, I have to be controversial. <laughs> and and you know, good friend, good friends, and everything. Um, but it it is true, and it's not true at the same time. We just have to be very careful what we're looking at. You know, look, do we look at the whole year? And and there is not a big large yachting company out there who, that, that is only happy about 2020. Everybody who has done chartering is down, you know, 50%, 40% maybe, uh, you know, give or take a, a few percent. But, uh, you know, to say that chartering has been up in 2020 when it comes to the overall result is just not the reality. Now, have we been surprised by the amount of enthusiasm to do chartering in the third quarter and have we probably all of us uh, recovered a little bit from the very very serious losses in turnover uh, you know in the second quarter and the third and the first quarter yes we did but did we actually make more money from chartering in 2020 compared to 2019 absolutely not and i would i would say you know of course i'm looking at it from ocean independence but you know mm -hmm. how interlaced the market is with the central agency yachts and all of that so we have a pretty good idea, and and um, and yes, it is the reality. Now, is it bad? No, it's not bad, but it is the reality. And what is true on the other side is that uh, indeed most of the the yachting companies, certainly the large yachting companies, but also the you know the the in the let's say the the, the production boat sector and the, the shipyards and everybody, uh, we have seen an amazing an amazing appetite uh, to buy yachts. And uh, and that is fantastic, and it allows mm -hmm. us to balance the losses in chartering. But okay. you know, let's not misunderstand this for being a booming market where everybody had a killer year in 2020 and is walking away happily while industries around the world suffer. No, I, I would still claim that most of the large yachting companies have and will have by the end of the year, you know, two-digit, one to two-digit losses for sure in terms of turnover. Mm -hmm. Not in terms maybe of uh, you know financial result because that depends on how did we react on the cost saving side, uh, but uh, but that's you know let's stay realistic. Okay, uh, that, that, I find that actually refreshing, Peter, because uh, um, it it just flew in the face of of what I thought was reality. Uh, but in in terms of setting up a new business, my my concern is this: uh, back in two thousand eight we saw a major financial crash. <clears throat> and this was on the back of the subprime mortgage industry in America. Um, that sub subprime uh, market uh, f basically failed to pay their mortgages. This resulted in Lehman Brothers um, crashing and then it, it just domino affected uh, from there with I think 480 banks in total. Um, failed in 2000, 2009, 2008, 2009. And what I'm seeing at the moment 
is on one side, uh, we'll, if you look at the stock markets, uh, the stock market numbers are booming. I think Dow Jones hit at 30,000 plus the other day. Um, but you know, th that's, that's one index of what markets think. But when I look at the street and I look at the, the average guy and, and girl on the street, I'm looking at um, mass unemployment. I'm looking at people who've been surviving on government loans, uh, surviving on family loans, for surviving on um, what savings they might have. I'm looking at, uh, in America, uh, queues of 10, 20 miles of cars queuing up uh, to go to food banks. And my concern is that uh, come the new year, when all the COVID support is gone, savings is gone, family can no longer loan you money, there's going to be a massive crash in um, mortgage payments. And that might have the same effect as it did in 2008, which had such a huge negative effect across the board, but especially in our industry. And that's my worry for next year, that there is this crash looming. Okay, so actually, you know, this this hour should be called. Is it now a good time to close the yachting company? Right. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's part no, two. <laughs> that's part right. two. Okay. I, I, okay. It's without me then. <laughs> right. No, no. You're absolutely right, Dave. You're absolutely one hundred percent right. But, but that's not the question you ask yourself when you want to open a company. Because if with this kind of thinking, and I'm looking back at a few years, as you said, mm -hmm. you know, there has always been a crisis. Now, the spirit to open a company of whatever kind, probably, let's, let's say a yachting company, is that you've got to believe that whatever is going to be thrown at you, you will be able to overcome. And and we all know that if there is a global, you know, economy um, of the 1920s style or worse, uh, of course, you know, nobody is going to live happily. Um, but the question is always, in the environment that we are going to be in, and we don't know what it's going to be like, but or do we believe that we can win in it, that we can overcome it, and that we can prosper in it, uh, you know, personally and financially and whatever? Um, that is what you got to believe when you think about starting a company. And and if you don't, because there, and, and it's totally justified that there are so many things that can grow, can go wrong, excuse me, then don't do it because it is a worry for the rest of your professional life because things do go wrong and things do change. And, you know, we've seen, I've seen all these crises. I've seen all the wars and I've seen everything going by and we always had a crisis. Mm -hmm. We always had a crisis and we had to deal with the crisis one way or another. And it seems so far, because apparently the crisis was never too big, it is possible. Now, that you need to have in yourself to a certain extent, certainly as long as you're alone, um, in order to start up a company of any kind. Well, actually, that's something which I mean as well by having the opportunity, taking the opportunity right now or in this time to start a company. Because once you believe in what you do, you have to know as well that out of 350 or 364 days, if you have 50 good days, you make it a lot of money, or let's say you have a good company, and all the rest of the days you have there a problem, here a problem, there an issue, financial issues, delivery issues, whatever it is, there's always problems to solve. And I think this is also part to have or to run a business that you have or that you want to solve a problem, because if there are no problems, there is no business, yeah, yeah, because but, nobody needs anything. But I mean, I remember 2008, 2009, at the time, um, I was based in Antibes, and my primary business was installing VSAT systems on boats and putting in networks on yachts. In the summertime, I was busy doing maintenance work, really, just fixing it because guests were coming on, owners were coming on, little problems were being found, and that was my main bread and butter. During the winter, that was refit time. So I would pack my bag, go to La Ciota or whichever yard, and spend several weeks putting in a new network, running cables, and getting it ready for the next season. And, and times were good up until 2008, 2009. Then the, 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 the crash hit. Now, the majority of boat owners um, could weather the storm. I, I don't know of any personally that ended up selling their yacht because of 2008, 2009. But what I 
did know um, personally several owners who wouldn't take their yacht out for that year or the, the following season. And the reason being, I remember speaking with one owner, a lovely man from America, he's a media magnate, and he came down to Antibes to meet with some people and he gave me a call, we spoke. I said, are you bringing your boat down? He said, I can't. He said, it's in Seattle, it was a Delta boat. It's in Seattle, it's just been doing some refit, but my problem is this. I've had to lay off people uh, in different companies all around America. Now, the optics of me hopping on my fine yacht and sailing around the coast of America, he said, I can't do that. And and ethically, I find it difficult to do that because of of um, what I've had to do. So his boat didn't, um, didn't go for two seasons. And there were many other boats that didn't go either, which meant that a small business guy like myself... That was a really tough time. I wasn't getting the summer season business. And during the refit, a lot of boats pulled back on the refit. No, the cabling's fine. It will do it till next year. So even the refit work for a small business like mine suffered greatly. And and I think, you know, it, depending on... And this is why I was asking, Walter, which part of the industry, you took, you know, which economy we're we talking about here. Because for that small independent company of one to five people who's starting off um you, you kind of need a point market and if the boats aren't out you're not going to get any money in you well one of, one of the tax. problems that one of the problems that i see also specifically in the yachting industry is that people are extremely focused on the yachting business only once you are in a pretty difficult situation but you have a huge knowledge know-how about technical stuff or maintenance, whatever it is that you have or that you should start thinking a little bit further around for to cover up this time to say, okay, I can't do anything on or with yachts. What else? Who else could have or would need my work, my, my know-how, my expertise beside the yacht mm -hmm. to cover up this time? This would also enable you to, to get to... to grow your business once the, the yachting come back because you have gained more information from a well, completely different water. market. I, I did this. I, I looked at doing web development. I looked mm -hmm. at doing... In fact, what what saved my bacon was uh, Neil in Hill Robinson needed at that time technical support local. And they were being supported by a company in England. They needed some local technical support to work with their English one and keep their business going. And and that's really what carried me through that 2008-2009 crash was the work that Neil and Hill Robinson gave me in-house. But I was and very lucky I'm, to get that. That's what I'm talking about, that you, all have to, you have to have the ability to open up your mind. I mean, it's important that you have, even if you are specifically in the yacht market, that you keep an eye open, even before a crisis comes up, that you think further and say, okay, what is the case, the worst case that can happen? How can I handle a worst case as good as possible with the existing company, with the existing employees, technique, and so forth, and so on, and how to pivot quick and fast enough to make cash again in this time of moment? I mean... What do you think about that, Peter? <clears throat> well, not so easy. Not so easy. I think first, of course, the um, you know the story of Steve is actually very encouraging. But what, because what 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 does Steve really say? He says there are bad moments in business. Yes, mm -hmm. absolutely, there are bad moments in business. And what does he also say? There are solutions. Yes, there are solutions. And as you say, Walter, you know, you got to be open to see the solutions. You got to be willing to adapt to the problem and 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 maybe do something slightly different from what you what you set out to do originally. Um, <clears throat> for me, and I've said it before, you know, it's a long game. If you if you want to open a business and you're not prepared to play the long game, that's not the business. That there are some people, you know, especially on the brokerage side, quick in and out. Don't you know? Put anything into the industry. Don't invest anything. You know, go go for a big commission. Make it once, make it twice, and disappear. It has happened. It will happen again. It is not having a business. This is scavenging. You know, an opportunity, and 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 that's it. That uh, so when when I speak about you know opening a business, I mean somebody who is in there for the long game. And if you're in there for the long game, you got to know that there will be bad times. 
because that's how it is. And especially in a market which exactly as Steve said, where people are contrary maybe to common belief, very sensitive, very empathic, uh, many at any way, you know, you will have people who will keep their boats hidden away for years. We all know about the certain German guy who did that. And, uh, mm -hmm. and you know, people will not use the boats. Mm -hmm. People don't want to show off when other people, neighbors, have a bad time. And it has an impact on yachting business. And one has to be prepared for that. And one has to be ready to do the necessary to survive. One has to see the opportunities and, and, and go for it. Um, I think there is a limit though to, you know, being, being quick on your feet and doing totally different things. We, you, again, you know, the question is, is it a good time to start a yachting company? Now, uh, the, the whole social elements, if I want to call them like that, that you mentioned, Steve, earlier on about, you know, the crisis and the mortgages and people in trouble and food banks, etc. cetera, um, it's there. It's a reality. So, I mean, whoever is in yachting has to really, again, know why. And is he comfortable? She, of course, comfortable with the with what we are doing. And um, and you know, we are helping wealthy people. We are we are ourselves probably not equally wealthy people. Uh, we we are helping to maintain an enormous amount of workforce of not wealthy people, normal people like ourselves, around the globe to keep to keep their jobs bring money home um, or is that good enough or at the same time do we want to change the world because of all the things that are not in balance I think if the latter is the case maybe the super yacht industry in particular is not necessarily the place where you are comfortable so all these things play you know all part on the why and how are you going to go about it because you need so much drive if you start up a company that you really you know need to be solid on your feet with your own arguments about why you're doing it and and to be convinced that you that you can carry it through even if there will be bad times because there will be bad times absolutely but what you just said is a very important point which relates to the time right now because a lot of companies struggling in the yachting industry especially the small ones as well if one wants to start a business it is now also the time to go for those companies who have a problem maybe overtake them or go into those companies as well so let, let's do that together then there is there is this uh, the environment is my or might be already there and ready to get started which makes it easier so there are opportunities that haven't been before that is true but there is one thing i have to say and again comparing it to the famous picture of steve now with you know the desk and the, and a chair um it has become more complicated to start a yachting business the way that we, you know, let's talk about the brokerage, charter and sales uh, business, because the expectations of the clients are more encompassing and we have to deal, and it's a reality and it's an unfortunate reality, but it's there. We have to de deal with compliance at every angle and every corner of our business. And compliance, as banks know very well, is a non-productive activity and it eats hours and it eats money. Um, and uh, combine that with the interlacing of all the services and that that the, the clients are expecting to be delivered by their yachting company. Um, it is definitely different from 40 years ago when a guy like myself could sort of climb, claim to be the answer to every question in the world mm -hmm. and I would sort it out with friends and networks and everything. This time is over. You, you, you can't do that. You can still put it together uh, by having the right you know partners who do their specialized work but it is a huge job that you get to get right from the beginning whereas in the past you really could just sort of like get started and um, and that is definitely a different challenge today it requires more investment it requires more financial breath um, it requires a very good network and it is a complication it's not as romantic as it used to be um, for sure so what you said you know maybe maybe other companies that can that can benefit from um, you know some input some different views some new ideas some creativity uh, um, uh, you know uh, thank you you know I think that is that is important yeah I'd agree with you Peter because when I kicked off what some 15 years ago I started in the industry and it, it really was a case of the one-eyed man is king 
Um, I was involved in the IT side. Of that hey, now you're referring to me. I like that. I like that. And, you know, that is a great, I think that's a great get back at me because I called you Steve about 100 times now tonight. Yeah? So I really, that's cool. You know, the one-eyed king. That's much better than I, the tycoon thing that you used at the very beginning. I, I was we actually, the solution there. I thought I was having an Alzheimer moment because I was thinking, who's the Steve guy and how come he's saying all the things I yeah. used to say? You know what? When we, when we, uh, when we uh, made all Ocean Independence, Nick and I, um, he was so keen that, I don't know, there must have been a, a, an English program on TV or something that was called Dave. And he oh, wanted yes, to call that. our company Dave. He wanted to call our company Dave because he thought that was the coolest thing in the world, you know, to call your company Dave and have a yachting company. And, so, and you, you know, it obviously stuck. With... And now I'm calling you, I'm calling you Steve <laughs> just to make up for it. That's quite, quite all right. <laughs> but, um, what was? Oh yeah, what the one I it was um, that phrase just came to to mind because when I got involved in in the IT side, I'd come from corporate IT, which is very standardized. Um, I worked in banking and financial, etc. Uh, there's standards. There's there's a way of doing things. I came to yachting, and I over a potato peeler, which is a story for another show. I ended up working on Lady Dahlia, and when I got on the the actual the mess the 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 spaghetti it looked like just spaghetti vomited into a cabinet the cables the whole setup it was terrible there was no standardization if i was to go back now and start doing it on a yacht it's very standardized there are um it's a lot more strict you cannot just show up you cannot the, you, you can't be the cowboy that you could be 15 years ago um, so no. it's not that easy. <clears throat> and that's an improvement. I mean, you know, yes, that, that is a lot, a lot of improvement. The, 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 the industry has professionalized a lot in the last many, many years. And, and that's an improvement. Mm -hmm. It is, um, it's a reality, but it also makes it a little bit more complicated uh, because you really need to. Have well, I think we just lost Peter there. Walter, do we still have you? I'm here. I'm in. I'm also here, oh, but so uh, just I don't know. I don't know. Okay. Well, I didn't say much anyway. I just said it's um, you know <laughs> it's, it's a it, it needs there. a plan. <laughs> uh, needs a plan. Um, well, I, th I think the people nowadays, when they're going to start a, a business, they are more aware and they have a different mindset as well. So we know that we have to have more. We need to invest more time, more strategic thinking, more knowledge to collect more knowledge, to have maybe a t another team than before. But nevertheless, of course, it, it makes a lot of more work, cost more. But by the end, the time now, because it is a crisis, financial crisis, a lot of companies, I'm certain I'll see of some as well, they would be happy if someone wants to start a company, would come to them and say, look, I want to start a company. You have everything, but it doesn't work out well, obviously. Let's go together and make it happen. Yeah, I, I think what Peter said originally is very true. There's never a good time, there's never a bad time. Mm -hmm. There's always a state of flux, markets go up, things go down, and when you start a business, you've really got to have that three, five-year plan. Unless you're Japanese, you have a 15, 20-year plan. And, you know, you've got to make sure you've got the finance behind you, that there is a, a niche in the market or a, a place in that market you can fit. And, and I think that's absolutely true. However, these are not normal times. These are very, very, uh, the, from the geopolitical uh, perspective, from the economics perspective, and especially the COVID. I mean, I'm looking at COVID. We're dancing in the streets in the last few weeks because Pfizer and a few other companies have come out saying, hey, we got a vaccine, and our vaccine is 90, 95% proof. And that's given us a, a a moment to take a deep breath and a sigh of relief and go the end is coming there's light at the end of the tunnel hopefully by spring or q2 of next year uh, we won't have to worry about covid we won't have lockdowns business will be back to normal those who survived can carry on yada 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 and then this week two days ago i'm reading a medical report about mink little minks Little minks in Holland, the the stuff of fur coats, God bless them. And they got COVID. 
And not only have they got COVID, they've got a COVID variant. It's mutated. They're not sure if it's mutated in the mink or if the mutated COVID then got into the mink. What does this mean? This means that the COVID with the mink is actually resistant to the vaccines we're producing. So, mm, not sure. Not sure that's what it means. Uh, well, there's, there's <laughs> but I'm not, you know, I think what it means. I think what it means, uh, Dave, is that we got to be very careful about what we read. Uh, I'm not, I, I, I'm not talking about you know what is yeah. wrong or right, but I mean there is too much out there. There is too much out there that actually you know doesn't help. No, no, I, I do, I do agree, Peter. And this is from the Lancet. They weren't saying they said it's too early to say what's going on, but what they were saying is that you know while we're breathing a sigh of relief, we've got to remember that um, we're not out of the woods yet. And it's sure. still a little bit rough. And it's what they were saying is that this is the situation. They've got a lot of investigating to do. But um, their worry is that people are going to start becoming complacent. And we can't do well, that yeah. yet. So yeah. when it comes well, to setting up a business, my worry is that we have got so much flux going on right now that a small, and I'm thinking a small business guy who's taking out a bank, bank loan or is working on savings or whatever in setting up a business, will he survive the next, and, you know, and they tend not to have deep pockets. They're looking at maybe yeah. six months to yeah. a year. And if you talk, if you talk about safety or to be safe somehow, let's say financially, as we are in a completely uncertain world at the moment because nobody really knows what's going on we can hear everything you can choose like there is a buffet you can choose whatever you want to hear or believe and therefore to start up a new business i think it's pretty important now to really critically look at different points that can happen and that you are aware and not only once but all the time to to see what's going on in the market not in one week or two weeks but more what is going to be tomorrow after tomorrow so that you can operate on the present time with the thing, with, with the thoughts to the future within this uncertainty. And then, you, of course, you have to take some different risk perhaps than before, but you can also manage those risks or should manage those risks. That whatever happens that you have sort of an exit strategy that is is slightly different than it used to be because we have a different time. And what you hear and read also, what I started personally, to not read too much newspapers because by the end it's almost the same in everyone. But I focus on what I see around myself, what people are doing, not what they're telling, mm -hmm. what the results are on actions they take because based on those actions that I observe they take, I can make another plan that looks perhaps pretty different than if I would just go the regular way and make my researches online and put things together and then it doesn't work out. So that's what I suggest to do. Look, it depends so much on what, what angle of the yachting business we're talking about. But in general terms, I mean, really very general terms, to start a business now, and again, any business where you do not have the financial power to survive a year with very little income is, of course, not a good idea. Um, because that is the way it is. There is so much uncertainty uh, that when you look at that, when you say, right, you know, people, people who do not have funding and they can only survive two months on their own. And if they, if they don't have enough business, they will have to look at an exit strategy. To all, all these people, I would say, no, today is not a very good idea. The, uh, you know, it's not mm -hmm. a good time to get the company started. I would argue, though, frankly, that no time is a good is a good time to start a company when mm -hmm. when your financial power doesn't you know reach beyond the first two months. Yeah. It's just not in, in today's, uh, you know, in business environment. It's just not there. So um, that that is, of course, not exactly how I understood the question. But, uh, but yes, absolutely, you're right. I mean, there's a lot of uncertainty and it will it will last for quite some time. There are some there are some positive things about it and there are some negative things about it. And we need some breath uh, to to you know to stay alive through it and maybe we will then find out like we did in 2020 so far that at the end we can actually be 
quite happy with what we achieved as as a team, as an industry even, um, in those very difficult times. But I can assure you that in March, maybe late February this year, nobody knew. So everybody had to prepare, you know, for bad weather. Mm-hmm. And you, you had to shore up your, your windows. You had to make sure that your boat was safe, watertight. You had to do all sorts of things. And then came, you know, April, May, June, and business went only in one direction. And all the business went only in one direction. It was down. And you still went on and because you knew and you felt and you heard and you talked that there was going to be probably a better second half. And yes, there it came. Um, but it, that, is, that is running a business. And when you start a business, and we, we all know that there is a lot of startup businesses who do not make it past the first year. And usually it is down to missing, lacking financial uh, foundation and and if anything you know the timing is one thing um, and I don't think it's that important personally but I think the you know the preparation uh, in all other respects is very important when you start about when you think about starting a business yeah, I totally agree with yeah. you what what are the other pressure points that we saw after 2000 2009 2008 2009 was uh, I think the term is convergence and um, we, where we saw the larger companies buying up smaller companies. Um, one in particular, based in Mallorca, Omni Access, uh, went on a shopping spree and absorbed many, many smaller companies. And what I ended up with as a, as a small company was trying to pitch against these large companies. And it was very difficult. I mean, uh, one company in Italy was actually under... Uh, quoting its network of sales companies. So you'd pitch to a a boat and and you'd speak to them and they'd go, okay, we'll give you that for a thousand bucks. And then they'd talk to the boat and they'd say, oh, we'll give it to you for 800. Because what they wanted was the clients. They wanted that on the client books. I don't know if that's going to happen after um, the COVID problem is, is aside and we're back to normal. But I think that's one pressure point that new companies need to consider as into the changing landscape of the actual industry coming out of this. Things do change. Well, you can see it already right now in in other markets as well that bigger companies, they're buying smaller companies Mm -hmm. to to actually grow their business. As you said, to to get the clients data by the end. And I personally know a guy who is really going after companies with a huge client base and he just offer them the money they want or actually they are willing to give it just for the data. That's it, period. And when he's bought a company, then he just closed it down and kept the data to run further with his own company. Yeah. And in the yachting business, I think it will be a little bit different. I don't know if Peter agree, because it is a different kind of clients, different kind of how to work with clients and the suppliers and construction companies as well, the shipyards. It's not so easy just to buy in companies for butter and the bread. So it's something's different than in, let's say an IT company or service company only. But I think that will happen as well, or might happen, because it is an opportunity for somebody who has cash, because cash is king right now yeah, yeah, it's an for a lot of companies. For, it's an opportunity for somebody with cash, but uh, you know, put yourself in, in the position where you're looking at the market, you're going, okay, here are my competitors, here's what they're doing, I've done my analysis, here's what I'm bringing to the market, I can see where I can fit in here. I can see where I can build a business and have a, a unique selling point and and capture that. Then you get you, you start up your business today. We come out of this uh, this this COVID crisis, uh, things settle a bit, and then suddenly these larger companies start buying up the smaller ones, and your your market analysis really goes in the bin because now your whole competitor network has changed. And yes, you've you've got to change with that, and you've you've you know you've, you you've got to mitigate against that. But you know, as a starting off company, you're still very vulnerable 
to that kind of change, well, I think. I, I disagree a little bit because if you have a new company and you prosper with the company and it works, you have clients, you obviously do something different than the existing that has been already there. So this USP must be something very strong and also the flexibility that you have as a smaller company. You can run like a speedboat and not like a tanker, which is an advantage mm-hmm. once if things are changing in the market. And clients who are looking not only for the financial part, but for the quality and the reliability to the company, I think there is a huge chance to survive and to, to go against the big because it don't take their clients. You know that uh, that is a that is a, a, an eternal discussion about you know small companies versus big companies mm. and what will happen, and uh, and again uh, you know broken record like I can only say things are always going to change and depending on what you want and why you want to have a company, of course for some it might be more clever to try and buy an existing larger company and then you know add the USP if it is there and make it an even larger even more successful company for other. For for other people, characters, uh, circumstances, financial possibilities, um, that is not the way to go. And um, and you do maybe a small um, supply company or you do a small a small consultancy company, and 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 then you have to think about what does that mean? Do you want to be for the rest of your life? You know the 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 the, the man, the person sh- uh, shouldering all the questions, or is that too little? So you need maybe a couple of partners so that you can actually have a holiday from time to time. This is all back to the why and and why and why do you want to do it? And then when you, from the why you can define the how. But the the question about what the large companies will do and what will happen to them, um, and uh, and all of that is not is not going to be answering the question how one should go about it because nobody knows what will happen yes we do expect and some of it of course has happened this year we do expect some consolidation to take place we've always expected that because it is normal to happen but we also know um, that the bigger some companies get the bigger the desire of some clients to work with a boutique kind of company and if you are if you modest enough to have a real boutique company and then don't get carried away by the fact that now that you're such a successful boutique company, you could be certainly a large company with a boutique spirit um, because that is going to fail because when you have a large company, you need to do a lot of other things. You can maintain the boutique thinking, but you will not be a boutique company anymore. And your clients who will look for a boutique company will then see you as a big company and they will look for another boutique company who is really a boutique company. So um, I think there is room. There is room for the right thinking, for the right motivation, uh, for the right plan. Um, and whether it's a, a room for a small company or a big company, uh, that is depending on the people who put it up. Um, I, 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 I do believe there is a struggle in the mid-sizes, yes. Um, but that is um, probably also just depending on on who is doing it and how it's being done. I have a feeling that Hill Robinson actually might be doing that at the moment where they've just re we reinvigorated but they've just brought in the Maldivia yachts I think it's called uh, which is a very old yachting company yeah, um, yeah. Moravia Moravia yeah. thank you Peter yeah. um, and I have a feeling that that might be why they bought the brand is to create that boutique because you know, when Hill Robinson started off that was kind of where, where they were but they've grown so much these days maybe that's their thinking is you know, uh, we'll have we we set up a new company as it were an old name, and to give owners and clients that boutique uh, feeling. I may be wrong. I don't know where they're going to position it, but um, it's a feeling I've got. Well, but however, I think as a conclusion, I see that as Peter also mentioned, there is no right and no wrong time. It's always a question of why you do, what do you want to do, what is the goal you have, and based on that, you set up your structure and company and being always able to pivot to change to adjust to the market situation and i think right now with this COVID stuff that we have it is very important to have a huge amount of courage and positive attitude that you just survive to within the situation not because of the market side only but also psychologically and deep pockets and deep pockets <laughs> 
<laughs> Absolutely. Peter, any closing statement? Because we're unfortunately coming to the the top of the hour. I told you would. Nothing back particular. Quickly. Nothing particular, Red Dave. I mean, I, um, you know, it was it was hopefully interesting, and um, and I would encourage anybody who really has a good plan and believes, as you say, uh, as you said, you know, in in herself or in himself, uh, to give it a good think and then not be not certainly not be held back by the times. But things need to be done carefully. Uh, thought out well, and uh, and it needs courage. It needs energy. It needs endless energy. It needs stamina. And uh, but it's uh, there can be great rewards. And I'm not talking money. Uh, there can be great rewards which count much more than money. So uh, nobody should be discouraged, but everybody should be careful. Uh, Can I just ask Peter, how's how's the European for ocean independence? How's the what? Sorry, I didn't uh, hear that acoustically. How how is your European? Well, I mean, our year is going to be roughly, we expect to be roughly 20% uh, under 2019. Um, and we hope uh, to end up with a fairly balanced financial result. Um, we are totally thrilled by the last uh, four or five months in terms of the sales, um, you know, activity. Uh, we are we are getting some of our courage and, and, and a positive look into 2020-20 from the fact that we clearly see that, uh, that yachts have become even more desirable because of COVID. Yes. I think there is a tendency. It's comparable to the to the lone standing houses in Switzerland, for example. I mean, we had a trend for about 10 years, which was apartment only. I talk about buying apartments. And uh, in the last six to eight months, this has totally changed. Uh, people are now looking again for houses, mm. you know, on the countryside. That's, that's an immediate, uh, exactly, isolation. Um, so we, we see there are some ups and downs, etc. Uh, has it been an easy year? No, absolutely not. It has been, though, a wonderful year for ocean independence because as a team, as a group of professionals, as a group of human beings, we have come even much more close together than before. And uh, this will this will give us a lot of strength for the years to come. So I am personally very happy with the year. But if you look at the financial numbers, uh, you know, the best you can achieve is a black zero. Yeah. Well, you know what? As you said earlier, it's not all about the money. Not all about the money. If if you're into it only for the money, my romantic personal opinion is the wrong thing. I think that's a very good note to uh, to finish up on. Um, I'd like to say thank you both for agreeing with me totally, but I don't think you'd agree with that. You told us. You told us at the beginning. I mean, in the pre-chat, you know, that we should never, uh, you know, counter it. So I would never dare to do that. Peter, do- I'm neither as Dave know me. <laughs> Peter, thank you so much for joining us today. Um, it was a wonderful surprise when Walter said that you were going to. And um, wish you all the best. Do take care of yourself. Walter? Yes. As also always. from my side. Thank uh, you very much as well to Peter and Dave. And uh, and thank you most importantly to our listeners. You've been listening to The Devil's Advocate uh, with Walter, Dave, and today joined by Peter from Ocean Independence. You are listening to Super Yacht Radio.